Parsons, you're listening to No Names All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Thursday, October 27th, and your number 13 Nittany Lions are getting ready to host the number two Ohio State Buckeyes at home for a top 15 matchup with a whole lot on the line for both teams uh, in a game that is not projected to be super close. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host Pat Colicchio. Pat, the spread opened up at 15 and a half. It is down to 14 and a half, but uh, you know, this one isn't isn't uh, expected to be super close despite some close battles in the past. What's your overall feeling on this game before we get into some of our topics? Um, I mean, I understand why it's not projected to be close. You know, you saw what Michigan did to us. Uh, frankly, I think Ohio State's a better team than Michigan is. That's no shot at Michigan. I just think this Ohio State team's very good. Um, but you, you look at the past. We've played Ohio State really tight every year under James Franklin. Uh, it's at home. You know, we've traditionally struggled in the big house. We traditionally play well at home. Um, you know, the noon kick, you don't love that. It certainly doesn't help our chances. But, you know, I, I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I'm, I'm not throwing in the towel. Uh, we were, we were, I was in a Twitter space last night uh, hosted by PSU TK. Shout out TK. Host a bunch of spaces on Twitter. Always a fun time. Uh, we had a bunch of Ohio State fans in there and uh, things got heated very yeah. quickly. Uh, eventually it got to some good conversation, but it, it got super heated to the point where there were a couple of Ohio State fans just basically like, exclaiming that they were going to absolutely crush us and it didn't matter what was going to happen. Uh, there was this one guy who literally said 58-13 over and over and over again. Uh, I challenged him to put his money where his mouth is. I said, I have $100. It says you're not scoring 58 on us. Uh, his response yeah. was, "His response was, I only bet at sports books. Pussy shit, if you ask me. Um, but basically, it was, it was interesting because like they, they were asking us, like, hey, do you have any, any areas on the field where you see a clear advantage for Penn State? And all of us that were speaking on the Penn State side said, no, we don't. If we want to keep it close, if we want to have a chance, these are the things that we need to try to do well. And anything we said, they had a response of, oh, we're going to shut that down. Oh, you have no chance. All right, brother, then why even fucking play the game? Right. So like this podcast, we're going to focus on. Yeah, it doesn't look promising, but what can we do to keep this close? What can we do if we want to have a chance at pulling off the upset? College football is the craziest sport in the world for this very reason. You never know what's going to happen. Do I have a ton of confidence? No. Am I excited for the game and hopeful that we show some some real promise? Yeah, you're goddamn right. So let's jump into it. Uh, As always, we do a what to watch for. We do a don't be surprised if, and we do a key to victory. We also have some Twitter questions. Thank you to everyone that wrote into us. We'll get into those. Pat, let's start off with your what to watch for. What are you keeping your eye on? I think what we got to watch for is the wide receivers. If there if there's one place where not Ohio State's wide receivers, Penn State's. Oh, if there's okay. one place where Ohio State is actually a little vulnerable. I would say it's a cornerback. They're not incredible there. Um, I and you know this is on the sliding scale of what Ohio State is, where they're just really really good somewhere else. You look at every other position group and there's someone in there where you're like, yeah, he might be the best in the country. They don't have that at cornerback. And these guys aren't bad by any means. You know, they play for Ohio state, but they're, they're good. Um, they've, you know, they give up plays. Um, I think they've been dealing with a little bit of injuries and, you know, it, it, unfortunately it's not a matchup that favors Penn state well, but like if Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley, 
can win those one-on-one battles. And if Sean Clifford is willing to throw the ball to them and let them make contested catches, I think that is where Penn State needs to attack this team. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. Something I learned on on this Twitter space last night, um, they were talking, one of the questions was, you know, this defense, this Ohio State defense has been really good this year because of their defensive coordinator and the scheme that they're running. Um, But from a talent standpoint, they are not quite as talented as they have been in the past with, you know, tons of first rounders in the secondary. Uh, So something I learned is that they are a very heavy safety team where they have multiple safeties that they feel uh, can cover anyone and and kind of anchor that defense. So uh, it'll be interesting to see you know, when they want to load the box, if they bring in extra safeties to match up with our tight ends, um, like we saw our tight ends get loose last week, you know, if we, if we can do that. Um, but I agree, it, it needs to be, you know, I'll talk about uh, some of our offensive uh, cogs that I think need to happen a little bit later, but I agree our, our passing game needs to be efficient if we want to have a chance. Um, and we actually have a question from Joe F shout out. Joe F says, do you see PSU abandoning the run for the most part in favor of attempts, moving the ball down the field and who is your, vote for the third receiver given it's been an ongoing question so pat since you are what to watch for is the receivers i'll give you that do you think we abandon the run and and try to take these shots um and who do you think that third receiver needs to be um i think honestly your third receiver i think most likely is has to be your tight ends if if that is an answer um you know it's I, the, the tight end plays can be explosive. They're chunk plays a lot of the times, and they've been our most reliable targets. Uh, if not, then I think it's going to have to be. Uh, I feel like Keandre Lambert Smith is, from what I've heard, he's not quite fully there. I think it's going to have to be Harrison Wallace stepping up. You know, you need a guy who can stretch the field and be a burner in ways that Tinsley and Parker Washington aren't. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't. I haven't heard anything on Lambert Smith. I don't know if he's playing or not. Um, I think it, it has to be Wallace or Omari Evans. We saw him get some more touches in the Minnesota game. Um, whatever happened to Malik Mega, man? We saw we saw those flashes of him at the end of last year, and then he just he hasn't played at all except on special teams. So you hope one of those guys can uh, can maybe take the reins and and you know help support Parker and, and Mitchell get open. Um, but I agree, the tight ends are going to have to play a role. Um, you know, we, we hopefully we'll see some of those crazy two, three tight end sets uh, that that schemed them open a bit uh, last week. If you haven't watched for the bloggies video on uh, the vertical passing attack and how we were able to move the ball down the field, check that out. Coach Caduti does a great job. Um, as far as the first question, do you see PSU abandoning the run for the most part? I'm going to hold mm-hmm. that because that will that will get to my uh, don't be surprised if so I'm going to hold on to that one. Uh, my what to watch for, I thought we were going to have the same one, is the wide receivers, but it is Ohio State's wide receivers. Uh, it's Ohio State wide receivers versus RDBs. I think this is the premier matchup of this game. Uh, we have a Twitter question from Brian Jones. Uh, shout out at Game of Jones, 5150. Very clever. Um, he said, can our DBs cover the three superstar wideouts because we have to pressure CJ and limit the run? I agree. Um, I think if we're going to have a chance here, we need to get pressure on Stroud. We need to have success in trying to limit the run. But realistically, for me, we have to limit the pass. Like, this is their bread and butter. They are so fucking good through the air. Their top three wide receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Igbuka, and Julian Fleming, that we are very familiar with when we lost him in recruiting, those three together have 1,600 yards and 23 touchdowns in seven games. 
That is fucking insane. To give you a comparison, our top three wide receivers, which is Parker, Mitchell, and Brenton Strange, who's tight end, our three have 973 yards, nine touchdowns, compared to 1,623. It's a huge fucking difference. Um, One of the big things that stands out to me is their yards per catch. Marvin Harrison, 15.6. Emeka Ibuka, 17.9. Julian Fleming, 19.2. All of these guys are averaging 15 to 20 yards a catch. That is dangerous. Um, It doesn't look like Jackson Smith and Jigba will be playing. Um, Ryan Day said he's not going to comment on the injury status, but um, I don't expect him to play. But my what I'm looking at, what I'm watching for is Joey Porter Jr., Kalen King, and Jair Brown. Um, can our three studs match up and slow these guys down a little bit? Um, we have let up 233 yards per game passing, which is 11.8 yards per catch. But we've only given up six touchdowns. So we haven't gotten completely beat over the top yet. Um, the problem is Ohio State passes for 312 yards a game. They have 29 pass touchdowns to only four interceptions. Um, the biggest thing that stood out to me is, is, like I said, that yards per completion. They're averaging almost 15 yards per completion. That's third in the country. That's really, really difficult. Um, they, have, they have great running backs, and we'll talk about that later. But, but I think the key to this game is slowing down that pass because if they're able to move the ball at will through the air, it's going to be a long afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I get that Michigan killed us with the run, but, like, that's not really Ohio State's identity. You know, like, yeah, they can run the ball really, really well, but that's not likely just not what they're going to try to do. You know, they're so good at passing. That's what they're going to try and do. Um, And, you know, it's a tough situation when, like, clearly our best position group on, on our team is going up against, like, maybe the best position group in the country. Yeah, that's tough, man. But it, it's yeah, also it, going to show you a lot. I, I um, listen. I, I don't think it's a situation like you're not. We're not getting out of this game with our DBs like coming out scot free, right? Of course. Know? But can they can they not get absolutely broken multiple times? Yeah, you know, that's, are we going to give up one thing. long touchdown? Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, or even if it's you know we're going to give up a passing touchdown, probably yes. a couple. Yes, but <laughs> we we can't give up like three fifty yard receiving touchdowns. Right, That's what exactly. You, can. you we, can't we have them to... converting multiple times on like third and twenty. Right, right. We need to be able to contain. That's what it is. It, it, there, there is no shutting down the pass. There is no shutting down the run. I think personally, for my money, Ohio State is the best team in the country. I know they're number two right now. I think Georgia's still number one. Um, I think Ohio State is the most talented offense that I've seen in a while. Uh, CJ Stroud is a Heisman candidate for a reason. Um, they haven't really played anyone super tough yet. You know, the Notre Dame game is probably the biggest one on their schedule. And obviously we saw what happened to Notre Dame. Um, yeah. They, they haven't like, they haven't really played a, a top team at to this point. And most of the time I would say like, Oh, they haven't played anyone. You know, the stats don't, don't tell all the numbers, but like you just watch the man. And like some of these throws that Stroud makes are insane. Some of these catches Marvin Harrison has had, like I said, he has 10 touchdowns. He will be the number one wide receiver in the draft next year because I think he's only a, a sophomore. But, like, we're looking at our DB1, right, who, who we think can be a bona fide first-round corner in this NFL draft, maybe a top-10 pick. Here's your moment, man. You're going to have to shut down a really, really good receiving core. Um, one question that came up in the space I'll ask to you, do you think – they will have Joey Porter Jr. shadow Marvin Harrison, or do you think they'll stick to their sides of the field and kind of like take whatever Ohio State throws at them? 
I think mostly they're going to have Joey Porter Jr. on Marvin Harrison one-on-one. Um, you know, I, I actually think uh, Smith and Jigba is going to play a little bit. Last mm. week he played on like a pitch count. I think it's going to be like the same thing this week. Oh, I see. Okay. So if, if they're both on the field, I could see it being a situation where Joey Porter Jr. is just on his side, but maybe like later in the game when it's just, you know, or, you know, in situations where it's only Marvin Harrison, you've got Joey Porter manned on him. Yeah, I, I'm not sure because, like, I, to my knowledge, I don't think we've done that in the past where we line up like guy for guy. Um, I think I think Terry Smith and and you know Manny Diaz have a lot of faith in Kalen King, so I, I think they'll probably play their sides for most of the game. But it wouldn't shock me if you see like early on if you see Kalen struggling when Marvin Harrison is lined up on him, that maybe they make that switch. I don't know if they start there, but I could see them going there. Yeah, it's just it's such a touch tough matchup for a guy as young as Kalen. I mean, he's what, a, is he a true or a redshirt sophomore? True. True. Yeah. That's a tough matchup for like maybe the best receiver in the country. Um, yeah. You know, I think we've been in situations before where we either had like, you know, kind of a young stud like Joey Porter Jr. or a more experienced guy where you feel more comfortable just going sides of the field. But I, I think with, and as good as Kalen King is, like he shows flashes, but like he is not as dependable as Joey Porter Jr. at this point. So yeah. I wouldn't shock me to see some uh, some shadowing. Yeah, agreed. I think this is a big game for all of them. You know, there's going to be a ton of NFL scouts at this game, you know, primarily to watch C.J. Stroud, of course. But they're looking at Joey Porter Jr. They're looking at Jair Brown. Like, they, they are looking at this secondary and how they can handle NFL caliber wide receivers. This is a chance that I think our guys, if they rise to the occasion, can do really well for themselves and their professional futures. Uh, let's move on. Don't be surprised if. What is something that uh, you think people should not be surprised if happens? Don't be surprised if James Franklin is very aggressive in this game. Um, I don't think this is an Ohio State team that you can beat with field position. Um, if they're going to score, man, they're going to score. You know, and they're going to quite a few yes. times. Um, yes. I'd be shocked if they scored less than 30. Um, and I think James Franklin knows that and knows that this – you, you can't go out there, score 21, and eke out a whip. You're going to have to go for it on fourth down. You're going to have to call big plays. Um, I think he knows that. And, you know, he's a guy who goes by – he likes to go by the analytics when he goes for going for it on fourth down. Uh, I expect to see – I'm talking, you know, just like fourth and six against Michigan. He, it does not have to be fourth and two for him to go for it this week. If he's in that situation where it's in between punt and, you know – it's too long for a field goal. He's, I think he's going for it. Yeah, I, I think it's a necessity. I think it's one of those things, too, that if you're able to be successful early in the game on some of those, that can change the script, right? If you're going three and out and getting kicked off the field and, you know, your defense has to go out there and just slug it and try to get through, a you know, a, an offensive aerial attack again, like if you're able to keep some time of possession, keep their offense off the field, get those drives that maybe you would have punted, even if it only results in a field goal, obviously we want it to be a touchdown, but even if you're able to get points out of something where you would have otherwise punted in a different game, that's a W in this kind of game. Like you're not going to get those chances often. So I agree. I didn't actually, I didn't think about that, but I, I completely agree. And I, I would love to see it early and obviously in calculated situations, but I would like to see the balls. Let's, yeah. let's whip, let's whip the balls out, James, show them what you got. Uh, my don't be surprised if uh, don't be surprised if we struggle in the run game. Um, we've seen we've seen really, really great things out of Nick Singleton and Katron out. We've seen them 
break big runs. We've seen them move the chains with the seven to 10 yarders. Um, Ohio State has a good front seven. They're allowing 91 yards per game rushing. Um, and now, granted, most times teams get down big early and they have to throw. The game script dictates that. So they're not running, they're not a running identity. Um, they haven't really played any runners like. Nick and Catron, the only one that I would call out would be Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. Uh, and he went 23 carries, 165 yards and one touchdown. Uh, pretty damn good. He did have a long of 75. So, you know, take that for what you will. That adds to that 165. Uh, but he's really the only one that I saw that had success against them. I think we'll get there. I think we'll have some success because I think they're both talented enough, even as true freshmen, I think they'll have their moments where maybe, maybe Nick bounces one and hits a hole. Maybe Katron runs someone over. Like there will be some moments where we're like, yes, we needed that. But I don't, I don't think it's necessarily going to be something that we can like, all right, we need to rely on this. We need four yards. Let's just hand it off and we're going to get it. Like, I, I don't feel super confident in that. Um, I think it's just going to be difficult against their front seven. They have a lot of, a lot of talent up front. Um, and I'm just, I'm a little worried about that. Yeah. I mean, they're good everywhere, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, that was to, to, to Joe F's question. Do you see PSU abandoning the run? I don't think we'll abandon it. I, I don't think we'll abandon it because you need to be balanced, right? You need the, you need the run game to be somewhat successful in order for cliff to have success through the air. Like the run game they has to, to respect be respected. It. Run game has to be respected in order for him to have some time to get in rhythm with his receivers and his tight ends. Um, and if we can't run at all, then I think it's going to be, again, a long afternoon. A long day. Yeah. But, but my don't be surprised, don't be surprised if we struggle. Maybe, maybe I should say don't be surprised if we struggle early. I think maybe, maybe we find our groove, but don't be surprised if we struggle early. All right, let's move on. Uh, this is the section where we normally do keys to victory. Uh, I will call it – I'm not going to call it moral victories. I'm not going to call it any bullshit like that. But let's call it keys to – being competitive, keys to keeping it close, and maybe a key to victory. Pat, what do you got? No, I'm still calling it keys to victory. Love uh, it. The, the key to victory in this game to me is turnovers, man. Um, at the end of the day, I think the only real path to victory for Penn State is Ohio State has to have a bad game. And one way you may, like, and yes, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not saying Ohio State has to take this game for granted and not show up. You can make a team have a bad game. And one way to do that, is to make them turn the ball over. Uh, it's what Penn State excels at on defense. They are good at it. C.J. Stroud, as good as he is, he threw a pick six last week at Iowa. He can turn the ball over. He's prone to some bad throws, um, especially if you get in his face. So you do that, and as long as if, if you force them to turn the ball over and you keep it to one or fewer turnovers, and those turnovers are not touchdown turnovers. They're not pick sixes. They're not scooping scores. Penn State can. There is a path to victory there. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I think you watch some of CJ Stroud's throws. You see these highlights on Twitter, and like he threads the needle on some of these. There was one going around last week where he puts it right in the fucking breadbasket through like three defenders. I hope he's that confident because I think our DBs can make him pay for that. I yeah. hope he takes some of those chances so that our DBs, so that Jair Brown, the ball hawk, uh, you know, so Zachy Wheatley, if he's playing, he can get in there and take one. Like, I hope we have some of those chances to sneak those interceptions when he's feeling confident, uh, because that'll change the tide. Um, completely agree. We need to, I think we need to play turnover free 
football on offense. Like, I don't think we, I don't, if we turn the ball over once, I know that sounds kind of abysmal. I'm, like I'm giving us a little, a little leeway, but you might be right. Yeah. I think, I think one, like two is way too many. I think one might be too many. Um, yeah. So I agree on the turnovers. Uh, my key to victory is get pressure on CJ Stroud. Um, they have only given up five sacks all year. If he has all the time to throw and there's no pass rush, those receivers will get open. It doesn't matter how good our DBs are. If you, if you have that much time, any DB is going to lose coverage. It's, it's just, it's nature of nature of the position. Um, so I think we need to get pressure on him, disrupt the passing game, and then force them to run a little bit more than they want to. Now this is, it's funny. Cause like a lot of times where like a team has a really good passing attack, we'll be like, Oh, just shut that down. And we can, we can handle a run or they have a really good runner. Minnesota shut down Mo Ibrahim and we'll be able to handle the pass. Guess what? Ohio State's good at both, right? So it's not good at everything, man. It's it's not shut down the pass and you're good. You still have a really tough challenge of shutting down Mayan Williams and Trayvon Henderson. Mayan is averaging seven yards per carry with nine touchdowns. <laughs> Henderson is averaging six yards per carry with four touchdowns. Um, but you look at the game last year, we actually held Trayvon Henderson somewhat in check. Yes, the stat sheet shows 28 carries for 152 yards with a touchdown, but that includes a 68-yarder, right? I know you can't say, like, take that out of the equation, but let's just say it. Take that out of the equation. He's 27 for 84, which is three yards per carry. If our defense, and I know this is a different defense than last year. I know our linebackers are not, you know, not quite as good, but if we're able to get Abdul and Curtis Jacobs playing the way they did last week, if we're able to disrupt the pass to the – to force them to run and then hold them to somewhere between three and four yards of carry. That's a win. You're, for in, us. Yeah, you're in this. That's a win. Can't that keeps keep us in the game. the game. Yeah. Um, that's my key to victory. Get pressure on Stroud, disrupt the passing game, force them to run a little bit more than they want to. And then balls into your court, man. You, you did what you're supposed to do. Front seven, shut them down. All right. Uh, before we get to our final predictions, we have a couple more Twitter questions that we'll go through. Um, some are statements, <laughs> I guess, rather than questions. But first one comes from our good friend, CJ Scalzetti. says, this needs to be a kitchen sink game. Basically, everything but the kitchen sink needs to be thrown there out on O. I think for us to have a chance, the defense needs to hold them under 35 points. And the O has to have their best game in many years. Um, kind of in the similar, similar vein, Sweens says, do you think we'll see some downright outlandish play calls? Three tight end sets with wishbone movement, flea flickers, double reverse RPOs, two running back sets with double clear outs, et cetera. Knowing that play calling got roasted against Michigan and another blowout with zero creativity would be heavily scrutinized. So those two kind of go together. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I do think you have to be creative. You have to throw some things at them that they're not expecting. But the, the tough part is like if you're getting blown out and if you're not having success with your bread and butter plays, it's hard to start throwing in trick plays you know, flea flickers and stuff like that. Those are things that only work when like the rest of your offense is kind of humming. So yeah. <laughs> um, as like as frustrating as Michigan was, like I wasn't sitting there like, well, we need some trick plays. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like you do have to get creative. You're going to have to you have to be aggressive. You're going to have to do things that put them on their heels. But that also requires, again, the regular stuff working. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mentioned it before, but if you haven't watched the For the Bloggy video, uh, Coach Kudu does a really good job of showing how we got our tight ends open in space from some of the formations we ran to some of the, the things that we did early in the game that set things up later. Like, those are going to have to happen. But, yeah, I do want to see some, like, I, I'm with you. I don't need full-out trickery. I don't necessarily need flea flickers. But, like, some of those, like, play-action screens that we've run that have worked really well. Last, last week, we dumped off a screen to Nick Singleton, took it for 20 something yards, like getting our playmakers, the ball in space when the bread and butter isn't working, right. When you're not able to pound the rock for four or five yards, when, you know, maybe your underneath throws aren't hitting because they're getting that good coverage. You're going to have to do some things where you take a chance to get your guy open and let him make the moves to get the yards. So I agree. Uh, this is a big Mike Harrison's game. It's a huge Manny Diaz game. It's a huge James Franklin game. It's a huge everyone game. But yes, it's it's big on the offense to stay competitive. Uh, and that kind of goes into this last question from Andrew Adair. It says, will Penn State's first drive be a three and out with two inside runs and an incomplete pass on third and long? But on a more serious note, thank you, Andrew, for clarifying that was a joke. Uh, on a more serious note, with OSU averaging 49 points per game, what does a successful outing look like for us on defense? Are we happy with 31 points and hope the offense can keep up? Um, so I, I think Penn State's opening drive is an opening set of downs will only involve one run. That is, that is my hot take here. I like um, that. yeah, I mean, I think if you hold them in, you know, in the neighborhood of 30, less than 35, that is, it's a win in the sense of what Ohio State's been able to do against other people this year. But I have a hard time seeing Penn State putting up like really more than 30. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, it's tough. Cause like we do have that like high coming off of the, uh, the Minnesota game where like we saw us put up what 45 points is great. Um, this is a very different defense. Yes. Minnesota statistically was one of the uh, top 10 defense in the country. Um, Ohio state is significantly more talented. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't know what to expect there. I think, yeah, if, we, if we're able to hold them like 35 or less, that would be fantastic. There was a tweet earlier. Um, I haven't fact-checked this, but, but hardcore Penn State football said Ohio State has never scored 40-plus points in Beaver Stadium. I like that. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, yes, I think if we're able to hold them to 30 to 35, gives us a chance. So let's get into that prediction mode. Um, I have two predictions. I have a realistic and optimistic. <laughs> I'll let you go first. That again, the spread Penn state plus 14 and a half. So OSU minus 14 and a half. The over under is at 60 and a half uh, down slightly from 61. That was your prediction for this game. Um, I'm just giving my one realistic prediction here. Uh, listen, I think Ohio state's very good everywhere. Uh, I think CJ Stroud is good. I'm not about to make one of these proclamations where I go, uh, you know, there are people out the idiots out there who say he's only as good receivers and he's not that good. That's not the case, but I don't think he's like infallible by any means. Um, Penn state played Justin Fields type for two years. And frankly, I think Justin Fields is better. Um, so I, I go, you know, Penn state, Ohio state wins, Penn state covers and the under at 30 to 24. That's a damn close game. Yeah. Okay. I honestly, like, again, there's no such thing as a moral victory, but if we lose this game 30 to 24, you got to feel like not completely heartbroken. Yeah. You're in it. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I agree with the, with the Stroud stuff, not infallible. Like I said before, I think it's, it's getting to him and getting that pressure. So like, hopefully chop Robinson. He's not back. much of a runner. Yeah. Hopefully chop Robinson's I think, back. I think Justin Fields was a much more dynamic quarterback. Yeah. I don't know the stats on, on Stroud's running. I don't know uh, what his numbers look like, but um, I think our D line with, with chop, hopefully at full strength with Adisa Isaac, doing what he's been doing. And then with Denai Dennis Sutton kind of coming, coming into his own the last couple of games, if we can get some pressure on him, I, I agree. I think it'll be kind of close. Um, my realistic prediction is kind of a pessimistic one. Um, it's 38, 21 Ohio state. Um, we don't cover in that sense, uh, which I hate to say, I hate, you know what? Maybe I'll make it 38, 24. This way we cover uh, 38, 24. This way we cover. Listen, good teams win. Great teams cover. And we have covered the spread very often against Ohio state as underdog. So let's change that. 38, 24. We cover the spread by a point. Um, but my optimistic man, we hold them. It's funny that, that Andrew said happy with 31 points. Cause that was my, my optimistic is Penn state wins this damn thing. 35, 31. We hold them to 31. We get a couple turnovers. We get a pick six, a defensive score. Clifford hits a bomb to someone. Nick Singleton breaks a big one. Who says no? 35-31. Penn State wins it, even though I tweeted out several weeks ago that we have no fucking chance. I'll back in. Love it. Love it. Yeah, man. It's going to be a fun Saturday for sure. I just hope it's more fun than two Saturdays. or Yeah, two Saturdays ago. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, that's all I got. Anything else you want to, uh, you want to put on uh, the icing on this cake before we wrap this one up? Let's go out there, be ready to play, make them play bad. Yep. Fans in the stands show up early, be wild, show up early, be loud, get in their heads. Let's be fucking competitive and have a chance to win. Anything can happen. We are.